all those things that people say, oh, you know, don't get too involved because you'll only get your heart broken. So suck all that. Mm-hmm. Like, just feel it and go through it. Mm-hmm. That'll bode well in business if you just like, take the risk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we've got Amy Bingham from Black and Blue Business, and we're talking about accountability. Amy, I cannot believe it's been this long to get you on the podcast. I know. Has been a while, but this is exciting. This is wild. And this is the first, not the first, it's the first in this setup that I've done a guest podcast face-to-face. Okay. I think the last person I did face-to-face is uh, a guy called Shropshire Lad, and he's, <laughs> he's, um, he's quite a famous chef now. Wow. Okay. So you're following in big footsteps, that's, that's what I'm that saying. I so, yeah. I'll be as much of a lad as I possibly can. He's not laddie, to be oh, fair. Okay. Shropshire Lad is um, a famous poem. Okay. And then... Um, He's like coined the phrase or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, for the benefit of the uninitiated, who are you and what the hell are you doing on this podcast? Absolutely, yeah. So, as you said, I'm I'm Amy. My business is Black and Blue Business. I've been through um, a journey with accountability, so it's a really exciting chance to have a chat about that today. Cool. So, I guess, like, I think accountability is becoming one of those wanky terms like authenticity. Yeah. Um. What do we mean by accountability? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's almost overused, I think, a lot of the time and it's used in the really wrong context. So I think most people understand it in terms of the sense of like, it's a thing of owning up when you've done something wrong or apologising, recognising mistakes, which I think is definitely a facet of it. Yeah. But I think for me, it's it's a lot more than that. Okay, yeah. So like one of our company values is own your shit. Yeah. Um, which is meant to encompass accountability. Definitely. So it's not just about apologising when you've done something wrong. It's about taking full ownership of that situation. Yeah. Or like if we were to take on a client, taking accountability for the result. Yeah. So, um, which is actually going above and beyond because very often people don't pay us for the result that they want. They pay us for marketing. Yeah. But so, yeah. Um, so, in the true terms of accountability, why is it so important to you? It's important to me because for me, it's not just about what you're doing day to day now or what your functions are in your life at this moment, but it's about playing a bigger game and it's about pushing yourself to function as the individual that you truly are. And I'm not really a fan of the kind of higher self terminology that we hear a lot. I think that's perhaps a little bit reductionist to who you're, who you are now. It's not higher or lower, I wouldn't say. What does that mean? Sorry. Reductionist. No, the bit before that, the higher self rhetoric. Do you, you kind of hear that all the time on Instagram in the sense that it's like, you know, are, are you are you living up to your higher self? You know, are you, I think a lot of the time it's like conjuring up images of like Greek islands and floaty white dresses and stuff and being all calm and serene all the time. Oh yeah, fuck that. that exactly, it's all that stuff. And yeah, I just kind of resent the term higher. But yeah, it's just about are you doing as much in this moment as you as you can and not just about you know being super busy all the time but about are you utilizing the time yeah that you've been given so you mentioned something that you do earlier today when we were chatting actually um was it a vo sheet vto vto sheet yeah um in terms of accountability that is epic so talk talk me through it absolutely yeah it is an incredible document so one of the ways that we work with clients is through a system called EOS, yep. Entrepreneurial Operating System, commonly known more in the UK under the book of Traction or Get yep. a Grip. And the VTO, it stands for Vision Traction Organizer. And what that's about is effectively it's a two-page document to document effectively the one to 10-year trajectory of your business, all the, like, the main things you need, what are your core values, who are you marketing to, what are you promising, what's the guarantee, and what do you want at a 10, 3, and 1-year point yep. in your business? Not just, you know high in the sky but looking at what do you need to be measuring to ensure that you get there it's absolutely phenomenal document yeah and obviously you hold yourself accountable to it yeah you know you're you're committing to every quarter checking back in with that document tracking progress recreating for that quarter your rocks just like the you know sexy goal that's going to get you to the growth not just the day-to-day stuff um and it keeps all of your your annual goals in one place rather than just setting something and then forgetting about it and then running wild and like, I guess in like the wishy-washy world of social media, <laughs> yeah. this is called intention setting. I suppose, and, yeah, yeah. And like some people call it manifesting. Yeah, yeah But yeah. Um, 
you you can't make something happen unless you can envision it. No. Um, which is actually accountability, but no one thinks of it like that. So yeah, something I found in my life. Um, so I, without going into too much detail, I had some difficult behaviors due to trauma and, and whatnot. Um, and it took me until my thirties to realize that I had to take accountability for that. Yeah. Because in my head it was, it was someone else's fault that I was like that. Um, but accountability has been probably the single greatest asset to me in the last three years of business, which is when we've seen our most significant growth. Yeah. How uh, has accountability affected your life? Oh God, you know, so big. I think I'm going to say the last year of my life as well. And having my daughter definitely played a lot into that in the sense of that you're no longer just responsible for yourself, you're responsible for somebody else. And particularly when you have a vision of how you want that somebody else's life to start, you have to make that happen because they're not going to. So I think it really changed for me when I, when it, it dawned on me that I had a responsibility to, to live out the strengths that I have to their fullest potential. And it's not just a chance. It's not just like a thing, oh, I probably could do that. It'd be nice. I'd have a better life if I did. It's for me, it's actually a responsibility. Like yeah. I have to for myself, for her, for the people on my team, for our clients, like literally for everybody. Cause I think that's a level to which we need to show up. I love that. I, I find it really. I mean, look, you and I get on well because we come yeah. at this from the same angle, but <laughs> I, I used to, I, I used to have like a thing, sort of a natural thing to blame myself for stuff. Like, yeah. almost like, oh God, like, wh- why did you let that happen? Yeah. And now I've kind of flipped that and it's like, take control of everything instead. Yeah. But it's not like in a control freak sense. It's in a like empowering sense yeah i think controls almost become a bit of a dirty word these days yeah. i think it's a really bad thing yeah because we're wired to want control of course you can have too much control yeah you yeah. can want too much control I'm not sure you can ever ever have too much control um but to be able to be accountable for something you've got to be able to control at least your bit yeah and i think it? that's the self-accountability bit the yeah. self-control bit 100%. where like that you know i i made a couple of decisions two years ago um with a view to achieving some things that everybody around me thought was mental yeah so like (laughs) i hear that uh so so one was um i wanted to meet gary vaynerchuk yeah um the other was that i wanted to get the business to stable seven figures yeah They, they, they were kind of the two things and within nine months of setting the intention i'd achieved both that's amazing just through self-accountability yeah um and i would say a lot of the things that i had to do to achieve them people would have stopped me from doing if i hadn't have set the vision yeah how about for you because like i guess for the listeners you had a, a successful fitness business i did covid happens it did um and you know, all businesses suffered. Like it, yep. it was like a someone turned off the lights, basically. Yep. Um, in your, from an outside view, in your insane mind, you decided that in the week that you were giving birth, you were going to drop your successful business and start again from scratch. Yes. Discuss. Discuss exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was it was growing. A minimum of 50% year on year the whole time. And yeah. then COVID came, we're in and out of the gym four times. Um, and this, the, the world, particularly I think in the fitness industry, was completely changed with yeah. the advent of global competition as opposed to local. Yeah. Um, and hybrid models and then people's tastes changed and marketing. It has all changed. And we kind of took a hit when the gym shut, built it back up. That happened four times. Um, and I thought, do, you know, do I really want to keep on doing this thing? Do I want to put the energy I've got into re remodeling this business effectively? Or do I want to take from it the things that I love, things that I'm really good at, and start again as yeah. such with that and, and push that? And I decided, as you say, three days before Rogue turned up, that that's what I was going to do. And in a way, you know, I really see her as like a 
a, a what's the word like a slate cleaner if you will like saying actually no that 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 course has ended now that life has ended and your life is going to go on a different trajectory now so I don't think I would have made that decision as bluntly as I did if I did not have her waiting in the wings so yeah yeah that was that was a week that was a real that was a real <laughs> I think about it now and it's like yeah, as you said, people doing things that people think are totally mental. Yeah. I don't even know if I told anybody at the time. I would have told my husband, but I don't think I I told other people. I was just like I just it was just this real moment of Yeah, this is what I'm doing. See that's a that's a thing in itself. Like a lot of entrepreneurs listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um feeling not ashamed. I think it's I don't know if it is ashamed. Some of the things that we vision for ourselves, we don't tell anyone. Yeah. Why do you think that is? It's a great question. I think, I think there is an element of shame in it. Yeah. As much as it can feel shameful sometimes to admit that you experience shame. Um, I think there's, it's, it's a concern, isn't it, of saying you want this thing and then not getting it and then being proven wrong in inverted commas i think that's the most so i don't get that with you do you not i like if you tell me you're going to do something i 100% believe you yeah and i also think you 100% believe yourself i do so i don't think that's where your shame comes from now like i'm being yeah. a bit rude but be rude <laughs> um, and i think this applies to me too yeah what about is it that it's just not very British to be ambitious and set lofty goals because people think you're a cock? Tell you what, it's hilarious actually say that because I was I was chatting to a team member of a of a client that have a foreign office the other day, yeah. and I was explaining to her the stereotype of British culture is still very much alive and well, and a yeah. lot of that is kind of somewhat intentionally sabotaging people if they're doing well or just yeah. generally being like really weird about anybody being successful. Get off your high horse is yeah. a common like thing right who do you think you are and all that kind of stuff it's so much more alive here than it is in the u.s so i think anyone with any, with real kind of u.s influence stands out massively yeah lift people up don't drag them down yeah yeah but that's not it's not here right now so i like something you know sometimes my family listen to this but i refrain from telling my family all my intentions mm -hmm. because either same they worry a lot because <clears throat> it's it's outside of my comfort zone but i'm okay with that but yeah. it's miles outside of their comfort zone yeah or they just think i'm a bellend <laughs> so yeah yeah you know like i think when i first embarked down like the entrepreneurial route i made a commitment to myself to remove as many negative influences as i could yeah and so if i've got a good idea that if i say something i'm just gonna get oh yeah but you're too expensive or you're never going to do that. You've got a baby now, that kind of stuff. I'm just like, well, I'm not even going to have the conversation. I will tell I'm you. I'm going to remind you that you said that. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Um, I will tell you when I'm done. <laughs> and I expect you that you won't believe me at that point. And I will still get shit for it at that point. But I've done it now, so it's not vulnerable nice. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to just remove the vulnerabilities because I'm aware that could become one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. No, I love that. But isn't it? Isn't it interesting that we're saying that we want to be accountable mm. and in order to be accountable for your vision, people need to know about it, right? I know. And yet it's very hard sometimes to tell people what you actually intend to do. It's getting easier. I think for the first time, I've just, just done this literally last week, I've shared this coming year as we run a, a May to May financial year, I've shared the VTO with the team. <clears throat> so they all now know our financial target for this year. And I'd never done that before. I would have, nice. felt, like, I would have felt like the team would look at me and be like, what, what on earth are you thinking? Like, and Or in, in terms of like, oh, well, yeah, but you're going to benefit from all that money and what's going to be in it for us? Whereas, you know, now I'll share it with them because they, they need to know. And they've all got a commission structure built in. So if they bring in a lead, they get to share in that revenue yeah, as well. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be everybody's. So that was what kind of helped me to make the leap was making that, available mm. we yeah. we've got it printed on a poster on the wall in the room that the staff's sitting nice so this is what we're pointing at yeah if you don't like it get off the bus well yeah yeah 
Yeah, I love that. I think that's really cool. And it's not, it's, you know, they wouldn't work here if they didn't like it. It's like, it's not, yeah, it's not like, if you don't like it, get off the bus. Although, in terms of accountability, we have had, in the history of Code Break, we've had two meetings that are, are historically labelled as on the bus meetings, <laughs> which is, you can't, you, you have to be on the bus. Yeah. You're not the driver. I'm the fucking driver. Yeah. Or, or Andy, depending yeah, what, yeah. what mood we're in. Yeah. Um, you got to be on the bus. You can't be getting on the bus. No. You can't be hanging onto the bus. You can't be oh, in the yeah. car behind the bus. Yeah. You're on the bus or fuck off. <laughs> and we were, we, 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 um, Evie is the only remaining member of staff from the last on the bus meeting. That's hilarious. I mean, I guess people are always going to get on and off the bus, aren't they? Yeah, and, and like, we're a fast-progressing company. Yeah. And, and things have shifted a lot from yeah. when we started. And I think, and some people just naturally moved on with our yeah, blessing. And like, yeah. you know, it's amazing. There's nothing better as, as an employer, not necessarily as an entrepreneur, but as an employer, to see someone flourish yeah. and move on to better things for yeah, them. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, heartbreaking as an entrepreneur because yeah. they're taking that skill set and giving it to someone else. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, it's it's fascinating when like you want that accountable buy-in mm. and someone turns around and they're like, oh, this this isn't what I signed up for. It's, yeah. it's it It can be tough, which is comes back yeah. to the whole not telling your family and your friends your vision. Yeah. Like if I, like I, I told you over lunch today, I have every intention of buying my football team. Yeah. Every, and I, and yeah. I, I'm, I mean it. No, I know. And, and I feel really fired up about it. Yeah. Now, the main sponsor of that football team are a marketing agency on the other side of this business park. So no it, it, it'll be fucked up when this goes public for people to start hearing that I've made set this intention. Yeah. Like, it's weird. And it's a very unshropshire thing to do. But my logic behind it is, there isn't much in Shropshire for people. Like, yeah. it's quite a rural, agricultural-based, historic county. We don't have much to look forward to here. <laughs> um, I think the football club is a tremendous pillar for the community that can do a lot of good. Yeah. So, like, you've got outreach to schools, you've got outreach to mental health, you've got uh, the community side, you've got all the stuff you can do with youth football, with disabled football. You've got the fact that it's a hub for the community, you yeah. can host events there, all these things. Though at the moment, as I see it, it just doesn't capitalise on that. I, I, I'm sure the people do, there are doing everything they possibly can. Yeah. But I just have that marketing mind of like, this yeah. is what I can do. But unless I hold myself accountable to that vision, it won't happen. Yes. But for me to be accountable to that vision, I need to start thinking like a nine-figure business owner, not a seven-figure business owner. Yes. And Fuck, that yes. is wild. So, like, for you, yes, you're starting from scratch a yes. year ago. Yes, you're now operating like a seven-figure business owner and yes. working with eight and nine-figure business owners. Yes, how did you do that? Yes, great question. Um, I think two things stand out for me. I think the biggest thing is exposure. So. You know the thing of like you're the sum of the six people you spend the most time with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that counts as like just the people that you hang out with physically. I think it's the people that you hang out with virtually as well. Yeah, yeah. So just getting exposure to people that are doing better than me in every capacity. You know, um, on social media, I don't really follow my friends too much. I mean, I do, but that's not why I'm on social media. Yeah, same. I'm on social media to hang out with Grant Cardone, people like that. You know, you're your best pal. Hopefully one day. Oh my God, I would die. Um, You'll be like nearly as annoying as me with Gary. Oh, I'd be so annoying. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have a competition trying to out, out annoy you with, you with that one. Um, but yeah, just, just creating that exposure with everybody and just not being afraid to cull people if they're not a fit for that. That's have, you, have I told you about the annual cull? No, you haven't. I have an annual cull. Nice. Um, where I go through my socials and basically, I don't necessarily unfriend you, but I'll unfollow you so you don't know it's happened. Um, but basically, if you don't either 
bring positivity towards me. So it doesn't have to serve my vision. I think that's a bit egotistical. But if you don't add something, yeah, or you're not a close relative, you're you're on the hit list. Yeah, and I do that. Uh, I tends to be every time I go on holiday. Uh, oh, you have a like holiday clearer. Yeah, yeah, and no, I get you. I love yeah. it. I love stuff like that. Like I don't necessarily have an annual process like that, but I am, I am really fine with departing from relationships if they're not, they're not right. Yeah, I would genuinely rather just be me than be surrounded by people that are not. You know, I've spent enough time with people that are not a fit for for the truth of myself and what I want. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like yeah, I think entrepreneurs get that, but before you start thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur, and I still struggle with that because I hate the term. Yeah, same to um, You spend most of your life trying to fit in. Like, that's what society tells that's what you to do. most people are doing yeah. right now. Yeah. So if someone says something that's by society's standards is meant to be funny, the people that want to fit in will all laugh and yeah. walk towards that person. Me, being an idiot that I am, will be like, that wasn't very funny. Like, it's that, like... Yeah, I just... Yeah, I mean, I've kind of always been that person. I mean, like, I've been vegetarian for, like, how long now? 27 years. Yeah. And... Before it was fashionable. Oh, God, yeah. I was, like, four, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then the I feel like the COVID times were a real watershed for that. And I feel like some people have kind of separated themselves in terms of, actually, I'm going to do my thing and choose my thing. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about vaccination. I think I'm talking about lots of things. And then other people have gone really deeper and deeper into the sheep mentality. And I feel like chasm is widening. It's weird, isn't it? There's a there's a division in society anyway yeah. at the moment, like uh, very much highlighted through COVID, but Brexit would be another example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump. Yeah. Farage. Putin. Yeah, there's there's yeah. fucking loads of it. Yeah. Um, like veganism, stop oil, all like yeah. different things. And... I find it really interesting that when you're not accountable for your behavior, hmm. what people seem to think is acceptable hmm. is to assume that they're a hundred percent right hmm. and that everyone else is wrong. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting point. Where like entrepreneur mindset must be, I can't be a hundred percent right. There's always more to learn. Yeah. And I think, yeah, from that learning mindset, being actually able to research and justify and back up decisions that you make yeah with consciousness rather than just doing what everybody else is doing yeah yeah like that's the thing and also believing in something enough to like go to war for it because you know yeah you're back you know you're you're, you're all in with that thing i think most people aren't really all in with anything I'd, i'll be honest no like i'm a very all-in person to, yeah. to the point that it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, same. Um, but I'm not very all in on anything specific anymore. Really? There's, not, there's very few things I'm all in on. Yeah. Because I'm not convinced the, the information I'm fed is yeah. legit. Interesting. Yeah. I used to like be really political. And, oh, now, okay. and now I try not to bother myself with it because I don't think I can gain anything. So I don't engage in anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a waste of energy, basically. I think it's, a, yeah. A, yeah. Unless I'd be willing to go and stand in front of Westminster and do something about it. Yeah. Which I'm not. So yeah. why am I winding myself up? Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Although I, but I guess that there's been a few points in, in recent history where I've thought there's so much injustice here. Mm. Maybe it would take someone like me to actually fucking do something about this. Maybe. But then I'm like, is that arrogance or is that like... No, I don't think so. I mean, I guess you have to look at the level at which you're going to fight that thing. For me, I'm like, I'm kind of always fighting mini battles, if you will, but yeah. I fight them in terms of the situations in front of me. Yeah. Rather than trying to deal with the big one, because I, th I feel like that's more powerful. I really do. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of where I am, is like, yeah. pick your battles. Because yeah. I actually don't think politics exists anymore. I think you're fighting the media, and that's... Interesting. That's... And you're fighting massive conglomerates that basically fund politics. It's not, you wouldn't be going to war with liberal or Tory values. Yeah. You would be, you would be going to war with the mainstream media and all of the pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> and like, 
It'd be like, like, fucking hell, I've just literally ruined my family's life. I probably shouldn't have done that. It's, it's very complicated, isn't it? Hard to be accountable in that scenario. It's very hard to be accountable in that scenario. It's because you're not standing up for your own beliefs. Yeah. It's, that, that's tough. Tell you what, the biggest, you know, the biggest accountability thing for me is, is witnessing my toddler literally copy what I do. Yeah. Um, she's got a lunch bag now obsessed with it and she picked it up the other day and she was carrying this lunch bag in the exact same way that I'm aware I carry my handbag picked up her phone the other day and goes hi and just like so she's going to be blunt and scary too yeah eat well yeah <laughs> she gets food off strangers like she will persuade strangers to give them her food you told me this before I don't no. understand what you mean so someone will be sat um, with like chips or something and she'll go up to them and stand in front of them and she'll hold her finger out and go ta Ta, and that means that. That means I want that. Um, oh, doesn't ta mean thank you? Not to rogue. No, it means like it's that because you can't do that. You know, that's quite oh, hard. Okay. Right. Ta, 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 ta. She'll just keep going and she'll get a little bit closer. She'll say it a little bit louder. A little bit more insistent, a bit of a frown. And, you know, the stranger, it normally takes three, three goes and the stranger will part with their chips. Does she want to work on commission? She, honestly, she is good. I'm biased. She is going to be quite something. She's doing that 18 months old. I'm into it. So, I, so am I. I'm, I learn stuff from her every single day. You know that, like, childish enthusiasm, mm. which, not sure, at 18 months is a thing. Probably is. Um, <clears throat> I guess, like, does everyone have that drummed out of them except for entrepreneurs? I think so. And, like, actually, a caveat, also zoo managers. <laughs> my wife's a zoo manager for the listeners but she is living the dream of every child so yeah i think so i mean you do but you do meet babies and like toddlers they're very unenthusiastic like the really like spuddy ones that are just there like it just seems like they're not awake all the time but then they are awake but they're just not you say spuddy i did and i assume you mean like they're like a potato yeah they're you know they're quite podgy and they just look they look tired already and they're like That's three like life goals, isn't it? Just like, <laughs> you ever seen that picture around? of like Freddie Flintoff as a baby? <laughs> he was, he, he was spuddy. <laughs> um, yeah. They just look really tired. Like when a baby is egg shaped. Is yeah, that what exactly. And they're just, yeah, just. So fucking our life has done you an injustice already. already yeah. They're not, just not doing much. And like some people get babies and they just like lie around the whole time. And the person's like, oh my God, having a baby is so great. And it's so easy. I got the opposite one of that, like the one that wanted to do everything all the time, which is exactly like me, because that's, that's what you get. You know, you get your stuff yeah, yeah. reflected Reflecting. back. Um, yeah, like I've got a restless brain. Yeah. Yeah, so like exactly. if I was to have a kid, which probably the reason I'm not going to, yeah. would be, it would just be impossible to keep this kid entertained. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very impatient. And like impossible to explain anything to them. <laughs> Because they just, they question it further to the point where I wouldn't know the answer and then I'd get annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm pretty impatient. Um, which I credit as a strength a lot of the time. But yeah, definitely see that. Like I think my, my mum, given, we had a tricky circumstance anyway, but I reckon raising me would have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah, we, you know, we put our parents through the ringer for sure. Yeah, like I, uh, I questioned everything. <laughs> and like I was smart as well. So sometimes I question things knowing I knew a better answer. Oh my God. Like that's annoying. That's right? next level. It's like, yeah, it's a bit psycho. But, bit. Yeah. but I think it's horrible when like, when you reach that stage, like in terms of accountability. So like, I yeah. don't, I didn't like. Uh, grow up in an environment where people really held themselves accountable for their actions. Mm. I grew up in an environment where people blamed others for their actions. Yes. So like, as most people do. 100%. So like, oh, fucking government, fucking NHS. Yeah. Or like bloody local councils, there's potholes everywhere or yeah. whatever it would be. Like, oh God, the farmer's out there shooting rabbits again, whatever. Like, just weird things. Like, yeah. like on a really like micro scale, like, yeah. My nan, to this day, stands at her front gate blaming the neighbours for all of the world's wrongs. Crazy. But she loves the neighbours. Yeah. It's just a really weird 
thing. It's just it's a, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah. So like, if it starts raining, she'd be like, "Jean said it was going to be sunny today." <laughs> like, like, just like, <laughs> oh, Jean, fucking Jean. Yeah. And uh, uh. I'm like, that really impresses on you. And then I buck the trend, and I'm like, "Don't worry, I'll sort it." And they're like, "What do you mean you'll sort it?" Right. Well, I'll get you a coat then. Yeah. She's like, Jean said it was going to be sunny. I was like, well, it's not, so I'm going to get you a coat. Yeah. And, like, they they don't handle that well. Like, no. if if accountability's not your thing, it's quite, oh. it's like shining a light on someone that doesn't want the light on them. 100% that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think people want the problem a lot of the time, even if they don't. Wallowers. Yeah. Loads of wallowers. I feel like, We've come so far from our natural, like, tendencies as humans, because I feel like we're designed to be exceptionally adaptable. That's why we're yeah. still here. You know, yeah. we've managed to do that. And like, we live in parts of the world we're not meant to live yeah. in. Like, it's fucking dark all winter here, and yeah. no wonder we all feel like shit. Well, that's it. You know, like we we are adaptable beings. We're resourceful beings, but then we're acting like spuddy. You know, yeah. <laughs> this podcast, the spuddy, the spuddy one. Um, I just, it just doesn't make sense. And I feel like the more we align with like the way we're supposed to be, the happier we are. But we're in such a state of resistance to that. Yeah, it's, I like I, I, you know, being self accountable. I uh, don't exercise as much as I should, but when I do, I feel better. Yeah, we're it doesn't just, even make sense. We're just designed in a certain way. I think we're so resistant to our design that we're almost trying to like trump ourselves. Yeah. But. I like anxiety, for example, is the brain's way of essentially dealing with the idea that every time you leave the cave, you might get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, which is reasonable in that perspective. Yeah. But the problem is that we've all still got that level of anxiety, but we don't live in that environment anymore. Yeah. And so... But people aren't willing to take accountability for their emotion. Exactly. And then I think it gets pathologized. Yeah. I think a lot of the time pathologizing things is a way to escape, perhaps unintentionally, the responsibility for yes. dealing with that situation. No one's thinking, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, whatever, do anything about this. They're, they're thinking that's the right route, but we're encouraging that as a society and that's really disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I don't mind sharing this. I think it's a good way to share it. I've had severe mental health issues like yeah. depression and anxiety to the point of being suicidal. Yeah. The only person that could truly, really do anything about it was me. Yeah. That's a serious level of accountability. Yeah. That's like, yeah. it's like live or die shit. Yeah. It's like really, like if you've not gone through it, you, I'm, you're lucky as a listener. I'm really grateful that you've not had to feel yeah. that. If you have gone through it, you you either really understand what I'm saying right now or you haven't reached the point where you've taken that level of accountability yet. And yeah. I hope you get there. But my dad, on the other hand, has never taken accountability for his mental health. And he has even worse mental health issues than I than mm -hmm. I ever did. And so because he doesn't have the ability to take accountability, whether well, he probably does, but the longer he's left it, the less able he will ever be to be accountable yeah yeah um it's got worse and it's yeah. and i think that i don't know what the word is pathologization yeah like yeah of of it yeah has actually given everyone an excuse not to do anything about it a hundred percent yeah you know when i was i had my daughter and i was really struggling afterwards in terms of you know I would say it's more than mental health. It's like my existence. I think I would go as far as to say that for myself. But I think like when you have true mental health issues, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Whereas like having a little bit of anxiety is yeah is different. It's different. Yeah. And people sort of say, oh, you know, just go to the doctor and get some antidepressants. And I'm just like, no, just no. Like for me, obviously that will work for some people, sure. But like. For me, that wasn't dealing with what was going on. Like, it was as if, like, by taking the medication and just taking the medication, it's like validating I have a problem and I just need to take medication to deal with the problem. But no, the problem is me and the problem is things that I'm doing and thinking. 
and, you know, dealing with the grief of the death, really, of my previous life. And it was dealing with that that was the way through rather than the dream. Yes. Oh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And ironically, I take antidepressants every day. Do you? So, yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest about the situation because I guess, and, I, and I've, I say this in my socials, that if me saying this helps anyone, then it's worth saying. Yeah. But I was suicidal. Yeah. Newly married. Yeah. Got responsibilities, staff. Yes. And I couldn't get control of that situation. I still yeah. showed up for every meeting, every bit of work I needed to do and never let anybody down. Yeah. Because I just wouldn't do that. But every time I went to sleep at night, I didn't want to wake up in the morning. And it wasn't fair on my wife. Yeah. So I had, in my view, had to do something dramatic, which was sure. to get on medication. Now, there's a strong argument now with the fact that my nutrition is better, my diet's better, my mental health's better. Yeah. Business is in a great place. You know, I, I haven't had an anxiety or depressive episode for two years. Yeah. Um, that I perhaps shouldn't be on that medication. Mm. I now have a whole world of accountability <laughs> yeah. to look at where it's like, I know that every time I broach the subject with my wife, it strikes absolute fear into her. Cause yeah. she's like, I remember what you were like before you were taking that stuff. Yeah. And it was fucking ugly and the rest of the world didn't have to see it. Yeah. That makes terrible sense. Um, but, and she won't mind me sharing this. She's very recently, uh, come off the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Not because we're planning to have kids or anything. Yeah. Because it was making her feel like shit. Yeah, it does, yeah. And now she feels great. Yeah. And I said, okay. well, look up what you were taking and look up what I'm taking. They're not that dissimilar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you felt, but I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just a fascinating thing that, like, so many people are unable to take accountability for their emotions or their mental health or their physical health. Yeah. And then they're leaning on another excuse. Now I, I don't lean on my medication as an excuse. It, yeah. it was an emergency. So it, you know, if I broke my leg, I put it in a cast. It sure. was an emergency situation, yeah. but that comes up all the time in like personal life, business life, that people will turn around and be like, that's not my fault or, yeah. oh, that's a side effect of this or, yeah. it's like, well, step up. Yeah. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but. No, I mean, yeah, definitely. I think the fault word's a funny one, isn't it? Because if we get stuck on, on that word, yeah, you know, you're probably right. It's not your fault. You haven't done anything to deserve what is happening. Um, but it is happening. Yeah, that's, that's and, it. Yeah. And now you have a choice as to whether you accept that or whether you do something about it. And that's a bloody hard choice. And often you will go around in circles with making that choice and then bailing on it and then make it again a little bit stronger and then bail on it. I thought, you know, I could definitely relate to that. But yeah, not getting stuck on fault. Yeah. And that's interesting. Like business wise and personal, yeah. hor horrible shit will happen to you throughout your life. Yeah. Like, it's inevitable. Yeah. The good news is lots of nice things will happen to you as well. Yeah. But as much as you claim credit for the nice things, yeah. you also need to claim control of the horrible things. Yes. Yes. I love the way you said that. Claim control. I feel like we need to like reclaim the word control. Yeah. Like it's just been such a dirty word. And I think con the control is it. Control and accountability like go hand in hand. Yeah. Like I, you know, in business, you can very much come in on a Monday morning, open your laptop, an email lands and it's uh, your direct debit system <laughs> saying that someone unexpected has bounced a payment. Yeah. So you, you could have had a payment bounce for 14 grand over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You can shit yourself and start <laughs> like swearing at the wall and breaking stuff. Yeah. Or you can take control of the situation and be like, right, we're going to have a 14 grand hole in the bank this month. What are we doing about it? Yeah. And nine out of 10 of the business owners I meet do the first thing. They just like shout and swear and 
go yeah. to the pub and get pissed. Yeah. And then one out of 10, like I are the tiger type business owners are just like, right, yeah. fuck you world. I'm going to go make 28 grand now to yeah. like show you. Yeah, definitely. I think, can't remember who it was, but somebody once said to me that um, being in business is, is like a full contact blood sport. And I would definitely agree. Yeah. Having, having never played a full contact blood sport. Haven't you? No, I haven't. Um, I, sorry, I played rugby once and I got bitten. Um, you got bitten? I got bitten. I came off with a bite mark. I know who it was. Um, <laughs> so wow. Um, yeah, I've never been in a fight. I've never, never done any kind of blood sport. I've never been in a fight? Never been in a fight. Lozy will said to me that I should do MMA. Um, no, you shouldn't. No, I shouldn't. If you've never been in a fight and never done any contact sports, MMA would be a terrible thing to I take know. up. I've never had a broken bone. Um, not about to start. You've never had a broken bone? I've never had a broken bone. Not a single one. Not even a finger. Um, so many broken bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like it's, you know, it's a bold choice to be in business. And you are going to get hit by some additional shit. Yeah. But I like it. I, well, yeah, we both do other things we wouldn't be here, would we? Well, I don't know. Some people are glutton for punishment, but they're wallowers. But it's like, this is true. This is but, true. Um, yeah. Like, you have to be a savage. And I'm not <laughs> saying, like, I don't mean a savage, like, you destroy everyone else and you're, no, like, mean that. horrible. And like, yeah. you just, like, You've got to be a getter. Like, you've got to be like, right, I'm coming after life. Like, life, life's not dictating to me what happens. I'm dictating to life what happens. And yeah, you've got to have some fucking teeth, you know? Like, it, it, people, like comes back to the, the being a real human thing, I think, for me. Yeah. We're not supposed to, like, just sit there and, like, wait for somebody else's hand to come and, like, pass or something. You know, like... I guess, like, in films is probably the best reference we have because we can't go and look at, like, historical figures no. or, like, or what was Julius Caesar like or whatever sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know when there's, like, men or women in films who are quite calm, a little bit icy, I would say, mm. but they've got an aura. Mm -hmm. There's, like, a... It's the dream. Yeah, that's... It's that, like, fucking hell, I would not mess with this person. Mm -hmm. That's the dream. But there's nothing horrible about them. No. Yeah. It's just that innate sense of power and control. Yeah. That you can pick up through some kind of sense that we have that we don't name. Yeah. I mean, I got I got picked up on this. I went on a business retreat this year yeah. uh, to Marbella. Nice. And um, the, one of the coaches took me to one side and he said, like, you're incredibly powerful. Yeah. He was like, but your temptation is to act like a clown. Interesting. And he said, lean into the power, not the humor. Interesting. And, uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, when you're calm and sat there and considered, it's like, you're fucking dangerous. Yeah. And I was like, it really hit me hard. Cause like yeah. humor has always been my like, uh, way to deflect attention and to like self-preservation and stuff yeah, you know like you get picked on at school you crack a joke everyone leaves you alone sort of thing yeah. or like if you get better at bullying than the bully mm. you can like destroy them with humor like oh yeah that's not what your mum said last night kind of thing yeah um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> mature yeah sorry <laughs> uh, but that like level of accountability to your own behavior where you're like yeah. actively making a decision on how you're going to react in a scenario yeah. before you react yeah. being calm enough to take a breath and be measured when everyone else is screaming and shouting yeah that's mega powerful that's that's the route yeah 100 percent. that's the route to it yeah i guess like the, the vision for that is like imagining a boardroom where everyone's going ape shit yeah and you're sat there completely calm ready to say your thing yeah that's wild well you see, you know through through what we do through the eos structure we've set up a, a type of meeting called the l10 which means level 10 so it's like we're not showing up for like level one moaning bitching griping stuff we're showing up for like the real deal yeah the big yeah. stuff like the bank accounts about to get closed type shit 100 percent. we're there for like what 
are the things that are going to stop us from hitting this big sexy goal and the meetings where the emotion runs away are the least productive of all of them it's the ones where everyone's like you know this is they're talking about difficult stuff it's not easy easy things but when everyone's able to keep the emotion in check that's when the good decisions are made the good solutions come out we we had one of those like we didn't call it that we have sure. just before christmas so like without naming names we had to let go of a member of the team just before christmas sure and uh andy said to me in what would have been an l10 meeting because it was a, it was a joint decision um but just because of how i emotionally felt about the situation mm. like so do you want to deliver the news or shall i mm. and i was like i've got to deliver it and he said why i was like because if i'm going to stab someone i'm stabbing them in the front yeah yeah and it, yeah it, like it's a it's tough right like yeah. that 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 level of business yeah where you've got to be completely accountable to the point where you've got to do something you don't really want to do yeah definitely. is is hardcore yeah it's yeah you're responsible for, for curating that environment and for me i always look what is the cost of having that person or that thing whatever it is around that is detrimental to those that are aligned yeah yeah I think we miss that so often as a culture. We focus on the outcome for the person or the thing that's being disruptive to the general process as opposed to those that, yeah, you know, they suffer. It's that opportunity cost. I feel like as a nation in, in the UK, we forget so about that's opportunity top, that's cost. Top down. That yeah. is literally from the government down. Yeah. There's no, like, in my lifetime, I can't think of anything that's been done where we've all gone bloody hell that's a good idea we're going to benefit <laughs> we're going to benefit from that for years no you're absolutely right i don't think i've ever heard anyone ever say that with regards to politics maybe hosting the olympics i think that was a good show that everyone agreed with yeah that's probably it yeah that's quite funny actually but like yeah just like i can't think of anything where they've gone we've put this strategy in place and the the long because obviously politics is five year cycles, so they yeah. don't do anything for the long term. So, but the long term benefit to the country is going to be so significant that you're all going to get behind it. No, it doesn't happen, and then that filters down into society because people who like become high level managers in businesses yeah. in their head, they're like, right, well, if I want to go up in the world, I'm only going to be here two years. Yeah, so I'm only going to make short term decisions, and it's not accountable. That's a really interesting point, actually. There's a real absence of leadership, isn't there? In the only place I can I can really think to see leadership is in the military, and that's not perfect. Yeah, and uh, like, I think a lot of that is manufactured leadership. Do you think? Because it has to be right. Like yeah. you're asking people to do things that they don't really want to do. Yeah. So it's quite hardcore. Yeah. Like, um, I've had to like really work hard to seek mentors that mm. are true leaders. Because mm. I don't think there are many out there. No. No. I do I do like spending time with people that inspire me though. That yeah. are like leaders of people. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'd put you in that bracket. Oh, um thank you. we've got a couple of clients that I think are gonna do some crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Um I'm fortunate to mastermind in some circles now where I meet people and I'm like okay, you're actually changing the world. Yeah. Like, this is like, this is so much more than putting on a Maypole dance for the, <laughs> for the Shrewsbury May Day Festival. Like, uh, and it just makes me think bigger. Yeah. Like, you meet people and I'm like, like, I don't know I've said the Shrewsbury Town one now, but I guess like my biggest vision was to get to seven figures. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't even care about money. I don't know what the seven figure thing was. I was just yeah. thinking when I was a kid, like Scrooge McDuck and got it, yeah. Like, oh, a million pounds is a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but like, now I meet people and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Like, you've got you've got a quarter of a billion pounds in the bank. What do you mean you're nowhere near where you want to be? Oh, I, I can't impact a billion people with that. I've got, I've got, more, I've got more to go. Yeah. Why? Like yeah. that yeah. level of accountability is like shit. Yeah, or like, like a guy who's been on the podcast, John Paul, he, he's just set off to do six marathons in six continents in 60 days or something. Jesus. 
But uh, I'm like, he doesn't need to. He's just doing it to hold himself yeah. accountable to life. And I'm like, what the? Like, in terms of like the level I'm operating at, and then I see some of these people, and I'm just like, okay, okay. there's a much bigger game to play here. That's it, you know, I love what you just said, you know, he's doing it to hold himself accountable to life. Yeah. I feel like we have a responsibility to live. Yeah. That's cool. And like, so there's, there's a brand called, have you heard of a brand called Through Dark? Yeah. Yeah, it's the S-Guys brand. Yeah, yeah. They're based in Portsmouth. Oh, are they? And they have a, a postcard. I've got my husband look all of their coats his birthday as a postcard. And then it's talking it's about... because they're expensive. Yeah, he, yeah, he is, yeah. Um, talking about the responsibility you have if you own a body to, like, make the most of that body. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm working on that at the moment. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's not tough. easy. Not but, easy. like, on the point that you said... Like, you've got a responsibility to life. Yeah. I, obviously, when you're suicidal, you completely lack purpose. You're, yes. like, at the point of, like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. And, like, to people that have never experienced it, imagine it's not about feeling sad. Like, no. like it's, a, it's like feeling devoid of anything. It's empty, no? Everything's gone. Yeah. And um, a really sort of... Um, a way to create purpose in your life yeah. is like gratitude is to be like yeah, yeah. fuck like I need to be more accountable to life like I need yeah. to be more grateful for the fresh air for the smell of the flowers for like the sound of the kettle boiling the dog scratching at the door like just all these little things and that's what I, that's, that's what I taught myself was like get accountable to being present so listen to the kettle boil get accountable to responsibility. So rather than thinking about big responsibility, like the number of staff you've got, it's like the dog needs two walks a day. Mm. Get accountable to it. Uh, mm. Like build up all these things and then you start holding yourself accountable to life. Now, mm. JP, who's doing these marathons, he's coaching eight and nine figure business owners on how to be accountable. He can't do that unless he can demonstrate that he's been more accountable than them. True. So he's like, yeah, well, I've fucking run a marathon in Antarctica. What have you done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's amazing. So in terms of accountability and how you work with people, mm. what would be like two or three things that you get people doing early doors to hold themselves to a standard? Definitely, yeah. So I think the biggest thing is, is I talked about it earlier really, is knowing where you want to get to. Yeah. And getting clarity and that's where that, that VTO, the vision traction organizer document is just unbelievable. Yeah. Because even if you think you know where you're going, like you said, you know, you knew it had the seven figure goal, but what exactly does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many clients is that? What, who do you need in the team to deliver that? What systems do you need to set up, et cetera. So getting really clear on what that looks like practically, as well as what you want kind of more esoterically, that's really, really fundamental. Um, the next thing is really taking ownership of your time. Yeah, you know, banning the B word, busy. I hate. I am. I am busy. Everyone's busy. You know, it's like it's in the fucking title. We're all in business. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I yeah. say that on the podcast all the that's time. That's really funny. Um, like I should fucking hope so. That's the next thing I say to me. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is true. I like that. Um, yeah, so getting really accountable with your time, um. And not making excuses around just doing loads of crap and not doing crap for other people as well that is not beneficial to you in any way. Getting out of that kind of toxic helping everybody thing before you've actually built anything yourself. That's quite a thing. Let's talk about that. Mm. That toxic helping everybody thing before you've actually helped yourself. I yeah. think that's what you just said. I did. What do you mean? So I mean, there are, so I was talking about it actually earlier, um, when you use the coaching world as an, as an example, there are so many business coaches out there Sorry. who haven't have, got their shit together, but they're telling everyone else. Well, yeah, mate. Yeah, like they haven't had a successful business. They haven't, you know, the worst ones, the ex-corporate ones, or the leadership coaches that are ex-corporate middle management. I mean, please, please show me, you know, an example of corporate middle management that that was working on a leadership level. I've not seen it. 
um, yeah, just, I don't even know what that is. I don't, I don't even really understand it. It's really confusing. I, I really, uh, I, um, immediate alarm bell for me is when someone says, when I worked in corporate, like, uh, when I hear that phrase, I'm like, right, I'm fucking out. Yeah. I mean, you know some things, you just don't know things or, about I, I feel the same about when I worked in the public sector. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Which is okay. awful. Yeah. But it's not awful because it's like you wouldn't go to personal trainer and they start talking about like how to fix a car, would you? That would be mental. Yeah. It's like it's a horse that's not for this course, you know? But I, th I, th I guess the point you were making. And this is something I'm very guilty of. Yeah. It's like, especially if you've got a lot of shit going on in your own head. Yeah. You distract yourself by helping loads of other people. 100%. And, uh, and then find yourself no further along than you were at the start. Yeah. And yet you've helped loads of people. Yeah. So you feel like shit as well. Yeah. And actually the best thing is like Andy calls this putting your own oxygen mask on first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, until you've got your own shit in order, your help will go unnoticed anyway. So. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, I feel like that's when knowing yourself is a really, really valuable thing. So I'm like a big proponent of doing like wiring and strength assessments. It's yeah. really, really empowering. And if you, you do those and you have strengths that are really on the empathy side of the spectrum, having that awareness of yourself that you're likely to go down that route yeah. is really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And like, I guess a key indicator if you're one of those people is if you've always got advice for others, yep. but you're not following your own advice. Yeah. You haven't got your shit in order. No. Uh, which, you know, we all fall into that. That's not me. No. I'm not throwing barbs at people. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a trait. But yeah, yeah. I think on a, on a, on a business accountability level, yeah. it's like don't ask other businesses to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. No. So like I, you know, one of the things I do in MTS sessions with clients is I'll be like, have you asked for referrals? No. Well, why not? Yeah. And then if they turn around and say, well, do you ask for referrals? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Or like, uh, have you ever picked up the phone to anyone? No. Why not? And it's yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. just that, like, that little bit of like testing comfort zones. What's authenticity, isn't it? I don't know. Don't like that word. Neither do I particularly. That's exactly what I was just going to say. It's another one of those A words that is overused. But... So yeah. important though. You can't. So important. <laughs> like I, 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 I've massively struggled with being my authentic self because yeah. my authentic self is like sweary and geeky and yeah, yeah. a bit weird and a bit of an in-betweener, like yeah. not quite a sporty jock, not quite a geek, not quite yeah. like a metalhead. I'm not quite sure what I am and I don't really care anymore, yeah. but it took me ages to realise I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I understand that definitely. Yeah, I love a bit of swearing. I might, like, my immediate peers can't quite figure out why the hell I would be going to a heavy metal festival in Vegas on my own for my birthday. Oh, really? Um, and I'm like, because I can. Bucket list, baby. Let's go. Well, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. It's really weird. No, I get it. But I will come back a more confident person for having done that. Oh, God, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to sort of explain to people is like yeah i'm not comfortable doing that like yeah it's weird it's how it is out of my comfort zone but yeah it'll be great i'm going to miami on my own in august oh yeah yeah so hopefully. um hopefully friday they change 11th for May. oh what day is today it's not the 11th i found the 11th it's thursday Please yeah change your rules america um it's better be the 11th of april wasn't it it was the 8th yeah, because some, some people were going to come to America with me and no, they can't. Yeah, it's, yeah. so 11th of May, here we come. But yeah, if Friday all goes well, yeah, it's just going to Miami. So, Is that for 10X? It's for 10X ladies. 10X ladies? Will they get to speak at that? I don't know. Because they, they don't tell you, do they? They don't tell you. Who have uh, they had at previous ones? I don't know. So it's Elena's conference, but I don't know who was there. They've literally year. had like Trump, at yeah. like the, the the other ten X. Yeah, like the most serious, the serious of people. Yes. Can you imagine if you were like 
sat there and it's Michelle Obama or something. It's pretty crazy. I wouldn't be that surprised, to be honest. So that's the level though, right? It's like, the, it is the level. There is no level higher. Right. I'm trying to think who else is like a female influence. Oprah? Yeah, Oprah would be sick. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be off the scale mental, wouldn't it, Oprah? Yeah, yeah just to be in that room. Like, I, I, I've spent time with, like, Marie Forleo. She's done a lot of work with Oprah. And it's another level of thinking again. It's like, mm. there's a level of, like, philanthropy in, in their thinking that is, mm. like, in terms of making the world a better place, not ignore her. Yeah. Yeah, that would be wild. I know, right? Yeah. Who do you want to be speaking there? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm pretty excited about Elena. I would love it if Grant made an appearance. That would be pretty fun. He will, will he? I don't know. don't know. You know, um, hopefully. That's when I like to be there. I tell you what, Brody Daly from the um, Distillers. That would be good. I don't know what you just said. Lead singer of the band, the Distillers. And that's like your favourite band. I don't know they seem my favourite, but definitely, definitely an idol of mine, for sure. Yeah, lead singer of a rock band. She's got three kids. Still doing it. No, She's got a song called Meet the Fetus about finding out you're pregnant. And it's a rock song with Shirley Manson from, from Garbage. I mean, what's not to like? Nice. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I don't know if she does that kind of gig, but yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Imagine if like that, they went for that. Oh my God, That's what's so funny so about Beacon is like, <laughs> uh, one minute I'll be like watching a talk by Deepak Chopra. And the next minute, Buster Rhymes is doing a set. It's like... That's so mental. Messes with my head. Yeah. But I wanted everyone to come to VCon this year, but America didn't change the rules in time. No. And you can, like, literally pick up tickets for $120. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it is life-changing. Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous. Right. Right. We have blabbered on. I have two more questions. Go for it. I ask everyone these questions on the podcast. Go for it. Question number one is what's the best mistake you've ever made? Best mistake I've ever made. Um, I am going to say the best mistake I ever made was getting hit by a car on my bike. Okay, why? Because I, was, I had a minor injury. Because um, you've never had a broken bone. Never had a broken bone, minor injury. Um, and I got just shy of four grand in damages. And that enabled me to pay for my personal training qualification, which I'd already committed to paying on a credit card because I was just, I was doing it regardless. Um, and that enabled me to pay it off. So I feel like the universe was showing up and saying, "Hey, we're we're in, we're in, we're behind this thing." Yeah. By again, you run over. So you get me? Yeah, just just bumped off. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> No one's ever said that. Well, then go. I got run over. That was the best mistake I ever made. No, no. Nice. <laughs> um, what's your favourite film and why? My favourite film is Blue is the Warmest Colour. No one knows what that is. It is a French film. Um, I think it came out about 2006. Oh, you're cultured. That's what we're saying. I'm not really, though, to be honest, but this makes me sound really intellectual. Yeah, this is like, oh, it's an art film from France. It, it is. Really? Yeah. Um, so I just think it is the most beautiful depiction of human love and loss really? that I've ever experienced. It's just, it's so raw. It was the actress, I think. What's it called? Blue is the Blue is the warmest colour. So Adele, I think you say her surname, Exartropolis. Is there an English version of this film? No. Maybe obviously you get a dubbed one or a subtitle. No, as in like, has it been remade? I'm not aware that it has. I'm going to look this up afterwards. Not aware that it has. It's on Netflix right now. They just put it back on. Um, Yeah, she's in another film. She's been in a film for ages. She's in a film coming up soon and I'm excited. She's quite something. Very real. Okay. And why why is it your favourite? I just think it's stunning. You know when you like, you're exposed to something and you feel so grounded in your humanity and... It just like breaks down any barriers of day-to-day bullshit being reminded that you're a human who loves things and sometimes things get broken. It's just, you know that feeling when you're a teenager and you fall in love for the first time? Yeah, I've tried to like put that to the back of my mind. Oh, sorry. No, I'm not (laughs) triggered. I just like, I was a very emotional teenager. Yeah. 
and uh so i felt things a lot yeah uh, no. Isn't that a good thing? No, like no, no. I wish I didn't know. Oh, you know, like really I think it's particularly for blokes. Okay, because there's a lot of like, uh, like fuckboy style blokes for one of a better <laughs> phrase who just didn't seem to give a shit. Yes, yes. I gave a shit so bad. Yeah, that like it, it like properly messed me up for like a long time. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I feel the opposite. I feel. Well, I suppose there's a whole other conversation there, isn't there, in terms of like masculine and feminine energy balance and stuff. I feel like the ability to feel is, is the reminder that you're alive. And it's so easy to get deadened into the reality of the routine and the mundane. This is for that, that. That, 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 like, as a sort of sign off point ish, mm. that whole like listening to society and mm. letting and numbing all the things you feel because society told you to. So, not being too competitive. Yep. Not setting big visions, yeah. Not uh, voicing your ambition, not yeah. uh, falling in love hard, like mm -hmm. all those things that people say. Oh, you know, don't get too involved because you only get your heart broken. Mm -hmm. So fuck all that. Yeah. Like just feel it and go through it. Yeah. Like Completely. that'll bode well in business if you just like take the risk. Yeah. Hundred percent. So. So. On that note, how does someone get in touch with you? Yeah, um, so our website is blackandbluebusiness.co.uk. Yeah. You can reach me on Instagram, either blackandbluebusiness or Amy Bingham UK. Um, and LinkedIn, really active on LinkedIn. Again, Amy Bingham. Cool. Amy, you've been a wicked guest. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today.